You are listening to New Life The Fort. We believe your vision will be expanded and your heart enlarged. If you are blessed by this message, write to info at newlifethefort.com. Galatians chapter 5. Is that okay? We jump right into scripture. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Somebody say freedom. And no doubt be entangled again and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Second Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is spirit, is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. Once again, somebody say freedom. Today, um, we're going to talk about freedom today. Seems good because it is Independence Day. And uh, I'm sure every, you know, every nation, they celebrate, you know, one, one way or another, they celebrate some sort of Independence Day. That they were freed from something. Well, in this nation, it's real because uh, um, whether you know it or not, June 12, 1898, 118 years ago, General Emilio Aguinaldo stood in Kawit Cavite and declared independence. Independence. And uh, it was not a perfect government that was set up right away. A government was set up, it was a bit shaky. Okay? A document was signed, 98 people signed this document. A banner was raised, banner that was made in Hong Kong. A couple of ladies working on it, brought it here, smuggled it here. And then a song was sung that became our national anthem. What's the, na- what's the name, what's the title? Lupang Hinirang. Do you know, does anybody know the original title of the national anthem? Those of you who were not here in the other services, don't cheat. Anybody know the original title? I didn't know uh, until, because I studied extensively earlier before the service. <laughs> Um, it's called Marcha Filipina Magdalo. That's the original title and it became later on Lupang Hinirang. So a government was raised after 333 years of uh, Spanish rule, independence was declared. And then a the people got inspired and said, never again we will be under uh, tyranny or we will be under another man's rule once again. Now, if you look at it in human history, take, look, stand back, look at a panoramic view of human history, every age, almost everywhere, there's been a fight for freedom. Why is it this idea of freedom is very important? Somehow, regardless where you're from, regardless what age, regardless uh, your gender, regardless your, your culture, Somehow, deep inside man, there's a longing for freedom. Somebody say freedom. If you were given a choice, would you rather be born free or be born a slave? Free. Born free. You want to be born free. The idea of being born free for you and I as believers, that has to be significant. That has to be real. If you really believe that you were born again, anybody here, you believe that you were born again. Now, 
uh, we say that, I pray that it's more than just a title that we put on ourselves. Because even the Jews, the scholars, the, the great teacher, Nicodemus, Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus and Jesus was trying to explain what it means. And Nicodemus couldn't understand, what do you mean man should go back in the womb and be born? What does that mean? And Jesus said, if you can't understand natural things, how can you understand spiritual things? But the reality is, it is still truth that you were born again. That you are a new creation. And this new creation that you are, you are born free. So it's important for us to understand what, what does it mean now to be free? Now, we are a free nation. We are a democratic nation. And uh, we experience a uh, you know, huge amount of freedom in this place. Uh, to name a few, we have freedom to worship. We have freedom to congregate together, come together, even in a mall, and say, we're going to set up church. We have the right to rent the cinema. We're going to come together, and we're going to celebrate Jesus, and we're not going to be ashamed. Nobody's going to stop us. That's freedom. The thing is, we sometimes, a lot of times, we kind of take it for granted that we have freedom to worship. There are nations, not to you know, compare, but just, I just want us to realize that even today, Right now, in this day and age, there are nations, there are people that they can't even worship openly. They have to go somewhere where they're not seen. They have to go underground somewhere. And they can't, they can't be loud like you. They can't have the drums and the, and the guitars and all these things. And they can't have the mic. They're very quietly within them. They're just worshiping God. And we've seen some people coming from that place get exposed to this kind of an arena, this kind of an atmosphere, and they're in tears and in the, on, uh, uh, on their knees with joy. When was the last time we were on our knees crying with joy because I can worship? And then they were running around when you know, there was an opportunity, just be free. They said, be free. You're free, around to, you're free to exp- express how joyful you are, and they're running around. They've never expressed themselves before in worship, but suddenly they're running around. When was the last time you clapped for the Lord? When was the last time we run around and say, I don't care what this person's going to think. I'm going to shout, Glory! Do you know that you have that freedom? And sometimes you think, I'm not free, because what would they think if I suddenly rejoice too much about the Lord? Right? It's, do you know in this place, just letting you know, it's okay. In the end, they, we don't know what you're going through. It's really between you and the Lord. So if you're there and you get something from the preaching here and you say, Amen, that's mine. You know what? As pastors here, we understand. We're cool. We've been in that place before. Don't, don't allow anyone thinking that you might be weird, okay, stop you from declaring and receiving from the Lord. Too late, you're already weird anyway. So might as well. You're a peculiar people. Okay. So I want to I wanna just, just with a few minutes that we have, an hour or so, a <coughs> few minutes, no? Let's talk about freedom. Is that okay? Okay, let's talk about that. Let's think about freedom for a bit. And, uh, you know, on the peripheral, you know, what it means to be, you know, what it means to celebrate independence. You know, it's not as celebrated now than before, but let's think about that. But more than that, beyond that, in a spiritual level, what does it mean to be free? What does it mean to be free? A few points I want to share with you. 
Number one, freedom is not free. You can write that down or try to memorize it. Okay, number one, freedom is not Freedom is not free. Did you realize this? That freedom, the freedom that we enjoy right now as Filipinos, people paid for it. A hundred years, 118 years ago, people paid for it with their lives. Going back to World War II, under Japanese rule, people paid for it with their lives. And some people, even alive today, have experienced and have seen the, the hardships of war and what it brings. And there are people whose parents, whose uncles, they fought for the right that their children might be, live, may live in an era that is free. It's never free. Look at it in human history. People are always willing. Even the, even the, the people that don't look like they're willing will be the one to stand before some people and say, wait a minute, this is not right. You'll be surprised. Uh, just a, an addition, you, don't, you might end up surprising yourself that you will stand up for something. Don't ever think that, oh, that's not my character. Guess what? The heroes that are considered heroes today, not superheroes, Captain America and all of that, that's uh, fantasy, are simple people that said, I'm willing to give my life for something. They didn't premeditate. They were not... One day I'm going to be a hero. No, but not, nothing. It's not like that. Do you know, what do you call people that give their life for a cause? They're called martyrs, right? Martyrs. You know, that's a very interesting word. Because the word martyr comes from the word martyrion in the Greek. And that word simply means witness. It doesn't mean anything special. It doesn't mean you're, you're, you're supposed to die for something. No, you're just being a witness. You're just saying, I've seen how the Lord works. I've seen Him work in my life. I'm just giving it out there that he, it's true. That's being a witness. But these people somehow ended up coming, standing in front and say, I'm not going to tell you and, and lie and, and take back what the Lord has done because it's true. And because they believe it and because it is true, they ended up giving their life about what they know is true. Freedom is not free. To a certain degree, maybe not to that extreme level where you know, it's war and all of that, but to a certain degree, we're all fighting for a little bit more freedom, both individually, internally, as a family, as a community, as a nation. We want to be a little bit more free. Now, that concept of freedom again. And this is something that you hear in uh, you know, seminars, in, in rallies, and in all these things. Uh, they're trying to motivate people. We want you. You come to our meeting, come to our seminar, and we will teach you how to be financially free. Have you ever heard that before? Would you receive some messages? Hey, you want to be financially free? Come to this and we will teach you. Blah, blah. Right? You've seen some messages like that, emails or whatever, invitations. And they will use the term financially free. Who among you would like to be financially free? Really? Right? No, you don't want to be. I know I want to be, I want to be, you know, I want to be in lack. I want to be, I want to be worried about money. In fact, tomorrow I'm praying that I'm so worried about it. And then you wake up tomorrow. Yes, answered prayer. 
No, you want to be financially free. And it does not mean, financially free does not mean that suddenly you've gotten to a point, I don't need money, I can function without it. No, the opposite actually is, you, you want more money so you're not thinking about having more. You want to have a lot of it so that you don't have to go to a restaurant and look at the price first before the, what you're trying to order. No, I, it's expensive. The main entry is, the main course is expensive. Or the, the side is also expensive. Oh wait, the, the, <laughs> the soup is expensive also. The, the salad, uh, water na lang. Just water. With ice? Of course with ice. What do you think of me? Right? And, uh, you know, you would hear, we've heard that before. You know, I want to get you to a place where you're not thinking about the, the price in the menu. You're just going straight to the thing. In fact, maybe you'll end up, and it's, this is scary, you get to a restaurant when there's no price in the menu. You go, and you don't want to ask the waiter, People want to be, people want that. People want freedom in general. And uh, I, I, we made this example before. We, kn- we know how it is. When we talk about freedom is not free, we know, we know what it means to pay a price. Because that's our, that's, our, that's our normal experience in daily life. There's always an exchange. Financially, you go to a store and you, you pay because you believe what you're paying for is worth what you're getting. You've determined that, okay, this is worth it. And sometimes you're looking for bargains. Meaning you're paying less and, you know, like we like, that's why we like sale. Sale, I think, is a divine thing. It's an idea from heaven. I don't know, right? But, but we like things like that, that, that you can get more with paying less. But thank God that God was not thinking like that when He paid for you and I. Okay, what can I get for Gabriel? Not this one. If, if I gave a couple of angels, what do I get? Right? He wasn't thinking like that. He said, I'm going I'm to give Jesus. And what, what did he get in return? You and I. Look at the person beside you and see if that's worth it. <laughs> Praise God, you're not the one making the determination. Really? This guy? <laughs> now, let's examine... Because we know that idea of, you know, we at least want the equivalent you know, amount or the value. And sometimes it's really the value. We've, seen, we've heard before the beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, right? And value is determined by the person, you know, de- determined by individual. How much value you want to put in something. Like, for example, if I'm, if I'm playing with my, my, my kid, my, our, our daughter, uh, Talia, she puts so much value in things that seem worthless. Right? Right now, she picks up something in the floor and you take it away. It's like the whole world is ending. <laughs> and it's this piece of paper on the floor or you know, plastic that you can throw away. But if you take it from her, it's like everything is ending. Right? Because there's a, somehow there's a value that she attached to it that if you take it away, it hurts. When was the last time that you cried that somebody took away a piece of plastic? You go, uh-uh. right? Because somehow there's something that God saw in you 
that he said it was worth it. Let's, let's, let's do uh, some sort of an experiment, what kind of value you have. Okay? Let's bring in our, our lab equipment. Don't do this at home. This is very dangerous. It's just a couple of plastic with some stuff on it, in it. There you go. Don't put them together. They tend to explode. Okay. Now, I have here an ordinary piece, pieces of tissue. Now, have you ever seen evidence number one? Okay. Now, have you ever used one before? Okay, good. So you're familiar with it. Item number two is a thousand pesos. Who among you would like to have a thousand pesos? There you go. If I say, if I throw this, somebody would catch? Yes? Okay, this is fake, by the way. It's not real, so all your effort is for naught. Okay? Um, So, but if this is real, if I ask you, would you choose this or you would choose this? I mean, depending on need, where am I? This can get very valuable at certain times. But, (laughs) on the whole, on the whole, we would rather have this, right? If you see this on the floor, you don't give attention to it. If you see this on the floor, what would you do? I know, as a Christian, Lord, I thank you that I have tithed. Now, if you were like me, this is before, I hope I changed. If, if I see this on the floor, somehow I will gravitate towards it just by mere force. This magical force that attracts me towards it. And somehow, with all that I am, I will cover it. Okay? And then stand upon this beautiful colored paper for a moment just to worship the Lord. And then in reverence and fear, I will bow, you know, I will fold my knees. And just, Lord, I thank you, Lord God. That you have filled my life once more. And proceed joyfully on my way. That's probably what would happen. Because we put value in this. Now, if this this piece of paper, this tissue is clean and, you, you know, you might find some use for it, right? Okay, so you might end up maybe keeping it or whatever, setting it aside for later use, however that would be. But then if it, let's say if I put it in garbage here, would you think about using this again? No, pass. And what if it even got dirtier than that? You put it to get dirtier, you put it in dirt. That's what it says there, right? And uh, let's just say it goes to the sewer, sewer and then you know what's in there and whatever. And would you even think about it to picking it up? You don't go walking in the street and you go, wait, tissue. Mm. Nah. No, you, it's, it does not register. It has no value. As far as you are concerned. So we, we set it aside. Okay? In, never mind. I was going to say something, but uh, 
I'll just keep it to myself and keep it secret. Okay. Now, if this one here, however, is somehow, if I, if I crumple it, and who among you like crispy bills? Not crispy cream. I know you like that. But crispy bills, right? If I, if I say, hey, 1,000 lang, hmm. would you pick it up? Yes. Okay, so yes. Kunyari naman, di kayo masyadong agresibo, di ba? But what if somehow I, it, it's, it somehow fell in garbage and whatever and it's uh, dirty and whatever, would somebody still pick it up? Yes. Okay, any takers here? Yes, here. And if it, you know, it, it got muddy, it got dirty and whatever, you can hardly recognize it, but somehow would go, wait, wait 1,000 yun ah. Would you still pick it up? Yes. And if it falls to the same sewer where the, where the tissue went, would you still pick it up? Mas, yung iba, parang, hmm. I'll pretend that I won't. Right? Now, if I put up the, 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 both pieces of paper, which has value still? The tissue or the 1,000? So, Look at it this way now. These two pieces of paper. If I ask you, I want you to raise your hand, okay? Let's just, it's, it's still an experiment. I will let you know if you will pass later or not. In Christ, which one were you? Not in Christ, before Christ. Which one were you? Were you this piece of tissue? Anybody believe that? Raise your hand. If you're the, that piece of tissue. Anybody? Who among you think that you are this 1,000 pesos that somehow maybe you're a little dirty and whatever, but you still have value. Anybody? Raise your hand. It's okay. There you go. There you go. Okay, fine. I want you to raise your hand if you didn't raise your hand in either... <laughs> Some of you didn't raise your hand. That's astounding. Okay? But let's read Scripture and see which one we were. Okay? In Romans chapter 5, verse 7, in the New Living Translation, we're talking about freedom isn't free. Okay? Romans 5, 7, Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. Pag especially good, parang especial na ensaymada, maybe, especially. Right? We, somehow we go, okay, if that's what it's, the Scripture is saying. Now, verse 8 in the Message Bible, it would go like this. This is what uh, Joni uh, uh, read a while ago. Very, very good scripture. It says here, But God put His love on the line for us by offering His Son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to Him. There was no value attached to us, even though a little dirty, whatever. there's no value. We were of no use to Him. We were this one here. But then he said, I'm willing to die for that which has no value. So that after my death, when they receive the value, the same that I have will be equivalent to theirs because of the great exchange. That's what happens to us when we see what happened on the cross and we say, I receive, Lord, this valueless, nothing life I give to you. And what happens is that you receive the Zoe kind of life, the God kind of life. I say you're more than this because this is how He's, 
This is how he saw your value. He was willing to pay the price. So the freedom that you and I enjoy in him, he paid for it. He paid for it dearly. Are we going to waste it away? Hopefully the answer would be no. Another thought I want us to think about is this. So number one, freedom isn't free. Number two is that freedom unrestrained will put an end to freedom. What do I mean by that? Freedom unrestrained will put an end to freedom. If, if you exercise freedom, like, you know, you can do whatever you want, I say that's dangerous and you will put an end to what freedom means. I'll, I'll give an example. If we are here in this room, we're more or less uh, 320 or 300, 300 plus, 300 people in this room. And if I say, okay, I will give you 15 to 20 minutes. You can do whatever you want. You can get wild as you want. And there's no consequences for it. You can do whatever you want. Nothing. No punishment. No police. Nothing. God will not judge. You can do whatever you want. That's a very, very dangerous thing. Don't you think? What do you think will happen? Do you think some people will get hurt? Some people will, you know, it, it, you can just think about all sorts of And you take away self-restraint. You take away self-control. In an atmosphere that's like that, that's very dangerous. That is not freedom at all. So, freedom without boundaries is actually very dangerous. Now, think of it this way. You know, we... Uh, you know, wake up in the morning, we encourage people, you know, just, just begin to thank God. You know, thank God, you know, this daily exercise that we have. Maybe when you wake up in the morning or you're at work or when you get home, Lord, I just thank you. Whom you like to thank God? We say, you know, find yourself thanking God once in a while, you know, on, during the day. And it doesn't have to be an elaborate thing. You don't have to put up an altar and whatever. You don't have to do that. It's just that while you're walking at work, thank you, Lord. Who among you sometimes, you wake up in the morning, you thank God. Thank you, Lord, for the sunrise. Thank you, Lord, that, you know, thank you, Lord, that I woke up. It's a good thing. Thank you, Lord, that I have food on the table. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I have clothes on my back and roof over my head. Thank you, Lord, for my friend. Thank you, Lord, I have work. Woo! It's Monday, Lord. I have work. So we, we find ourselves thanking God for even small things. But when was the last time you thanked God for gravity? You wake up in the morning and go... Gravity, thank you, Lord. I mean, what would you do if you find out you wake up in the morning and you're floating? Ooh. Now, I like the idea of experiencing what it means uh, to have no gravity. Sometimes you watch these films and what does it feel like to, to, to go to space? Sometimes you think about that or you think, I'd like to experience going out of space. Okay, that's different from being spaced out. Big difference. It's not equivalent. Although maybe the effect is the same. Okay? That's different. But notice that even people out, out in outer space, no gravity, they have to have certain restraints to keep them grounded. Astronauts have to wear uh, a suit to keep them within a certain level of environment because outside can be deadly. 
If they're floating in space, they have to be attached to the spaceship, to things, so that they don't go uncontrollably floating forever into vacuum space, to nothingness. So thank God for gravity. Thank God that these things allow you, gravity actually allows you to be in control of movement, of journey, of certain actions, right? So maybe tomorrow when you wake up, oh man, Lord, thank you for gravity. We don't think about that, but gravity is one way of restraining, restraining us so that somehow we're still in control of certain things. And this is what happens in a society, in a community like this, if we don't exercise certain kind of restraint, then there will be absolute chaos instead. We have loss. The nation has loss. And why is it, why is it not enough? You think about it, Why is it not enough if we're you know, citizens? If, why is it not enough just to write the loss and, and think that people, everyone will follow it? Just think about the traffic light. It's a great example. Do you think? Everyone follows it or it's just a suggestion? Right? I didn't know it was red. Right? Why is it that the writing loss on the wall is not enough but we still have people to enforce it? Because somehow, what we want to protect is not just your freedom but other people's freedom as well. Now, in the Old Testament, law was written on stone. But it was still not enough. It didn't bring people to a point that they can say, I've done everything righteously. It was not enough. That's why the law has to be written in our hearts. And God promised that. That the law will be written in our hearts. In the New Testament, in the New Covenant that we have, thank God for Jesus He was the one who lived it perfectly. And the law was in his heart. And the same heart that he has is what we have. And it just takes revelation of this grace that we have in him. Amen? If it is not, if loss will not be real to us, if it is outside the realm of relationship, what do I mean by that? It'll just be somebody trying to tell you what to do and not to do. But if it's born of a relationship, it takes a different turn. It takes a different meaning. It's different when a parent is telling you, honey, you know, did you grow up in a house where there are rules in the house? House rules. And sometimes we didn't understand the house rules, right? And our parents had to tell us and, you know... Maybe as you get older, you, wanna, you, know, you want your own way. You want to you know, be independent. Okay? But there's a difference between somebody growing up in a house devoid of relationship and the rules are very strict. And it could end up that the child growing up in that environment would follow the rules just because he's inside the house. But when he leaves the house, the perimeter of the house, when he's in somebody else's place, what he would think is, well... I'm outside the domain of my parents and I'm not, I can do whatever I want. And that has happened before. But a child who grew up with a relationship that is real, that is deep, and understood that the reason why these things are set up, are no, they're number one, to protect you. 
And number one, because we love you, we don't want you hurt, we want you to make the right decisions. When the rule is not just outside, but inside, it changes the way the child makes decisions outside of the house. Is this true or not? So that somehow, even if people are saying, do this, do that, somehow, you know, they may be tempted, but there's something inside of them, self-restraint or self-control will lead them towards the right decision. And isn't it true that one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control? Do you know, as believers, the Holy Spirit is inside of you? We agree? So therefore, everything that the Spirit has and has to offer, you have. So this thing called self-control, do you know that it's actually in you? We just need to operate in it. It's inside of us. Freedom in Christ coupled with self-control or self-restraint will bring you to places that we've never dreamed of. Because somehow you can be trusted inwardly that the power that you will enjoy as freedom. You know that power is, power is freedom, right? You know, you, people, want, you know, people want freedom because it somehow gives them the power to choose. But if you don't know what to do with power, isn't it true that in Spider-Man chapter 2, verse 13, in the Amplified, no, that with great, responsibility, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. It's great responsibility to take care of a bigger territory. And we're believing for expansion, isn't it true? As New Life the Fort. So freedom is not free. Unrestrained freedom will end freedom itself. And there's this thing about the, necess- the necessity of truth so that you can be free. In Scripture, in John chapter 8, verse 32, you've heard this before. John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus is speaking. And He says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, set you free. You've heard this before, yes? Is it true? No. Jesus, yeah, right? And people would use that, and it's a great slogan. It's a great you know, thing to memorize. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And people... Having that in mind, the truth, the truth, the truth. But truth can be cold apart from relationship. You can just tell somebody that's not, you, know, you can just be cold them and say, no, that's wrong, this is right. And it's, you can be right in what you're saying, but wrong in the way you're saying it. But you're speaking the truth. The Bible says, speak the truth in love. So, and you cannot love apart from relationship. So, you have to, not just speak the truth, but live the truth and declare it. Truth is always coupled with something. Speak the truth in love. Jesus himself in John chapter 1 says, it says there that grace and truth came. It's not just this cold truth. I'm the truth, follow me or not. Believe it or not. That's me. But first, what? Grace Grace is a demonstration of love. Grace as a person and truth as a person came. Because Jesus said, you shall know the truth. What is the context of this scripture? Well, let's find out. Go to verse 31. It would say here, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, who has relationship with Him, 
He said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. Disciples, they're the ones who decided to follow Jesus regardless of what and live with him for three years. You are my disciples. And then he said, because we have relationship, because we have this uh, closeness and intimacy, then you shall know. Know you will have an intimate encounter with the truth. And because you have that intimate encounter, you'll be set free. You'll be made free. So even in, this, in our church, we're not just telling you truth bits every Sunday and then bahala na kayo. No. We want it to be in the context of our community, of our of relation, relationship. We invite you to be part of the ministry. We invite you to be part of life group. We invite you to be not just a lone ranger outside Christian, but find somebody that you can grow with as a believer. That is necessary because you can't know the truth apart from relationship. Amen? Hallelujah. So the necessity of truth. And in the end here, <coughs> you are free. So you understand, you know, Jesus was the one who paid because the freedom that we have is not free. You understand now, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be uh, careless with the freedom that I have. In fact, to drive that point home, in regards to un- unrestricted freedom, Scripture has something to say about that. I want us to go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. It brings it out. It says here, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. You've been called to be free. Okay? Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through what? Love. See, it goes, to, it goes back to love. Through love, serve one another. So the purpose pala of freedom, I am free so that I can love. Not I am free to do whatever I want, but I am free to display love and serve one another. If I read it in the Message Bible, 13 to 15, it would see it. It would say it differently, but it brings it a little bit more clearly as well. It is absolutely clear That God has called you to a free life. Did you know that? That God has called you to a free life. So whatever is binding you when you were in your old life that has been cut off from you, we just need to realize that. Sometimes they think they're not free, but the the prison doors are open. It's up to you if you want to step out. You're free. A lot of the things, the things that are uh, uh, binding us are the things that are here. That's why the Bible says, renew your thinking. Realize this freedom that God has placed us in, brought us into a wide open space of glory and grace. Just make sure, as we continue, just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. So doing whatever it is that you want to do will eventually destroy the freedom you were enjoying in the first place. Is this scripture or what? Yep. Rather, so now he he gives you a prescription of what you should do instead. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. Now suddenly it's introduced to us that freedom can actually grow. 
you can actually experience more freedom. What do you mean, Pastor? Okay, going back to our children at home, we have three different levels, ages of kids. We have an, an eight, a four, and a one-year-old. And each of them, different levels, they have, we have set different uh, kinds of freedom for them to operate in the house. The eight-year-old can obviously, we can trust her with more things and more freedom because, because of maturity, right? Um, you know, we don't anymore. When you were a baby, you were put in a cage. Well, not a cage. What do you call it? <laughs> freedom. In a crib equals cage, right? Because we didn't trust that where would you go as a baby, it was a soft cage with pillows and such. <laughs> right? But the baby doesn't go, yes, I'm in a cage. No, they want to go out. Our one-year-old, you know, she started uh, walking at an early age. By the uh, three days out of the hospital, she started walking already. I think, wow, mature. No. <laughs> at about eight months old, she started taking steps. But she can walk around now. But we keep her in constant, you know, we, we keep an eye on her. Right? And there are certain things, no, honey, don't do that. No, honey, don't do that. No, honey, don't do that. Now, imagine a 30-year-old guy and your parents go, no, honey, don't do that. No, honey, don't do that. It's just strange. Now, you question the maturity now of this guy. But as you mature in life, like our 8-year-old, our she you know, there are still rules that she has to abide by, but she's trusted with more freedom. Our 4-year-old is a different story. It's a different message because he, somehow he has tapped into omnipresence. He, like God, he can be everywhere at once. And I'm, Lord, give me grace. He's wonderful, awesome kid. But, but he's another preaching, he's another message. Okay? So liberty, liberty, this freedom that we have is powerful, but it is more powerful when we use it for love and service. Amen? And think, linking that now as we wind down here, um, the truth is you are free to be free. Listen, you are free to be free and you're also free to set free. You are free to be free for, as an individual, but you're also free to set free, to set others free. Meaning the life that you live as a free person in Christ will lead other people to be set free from their bondages. That's a powerful thing. But a lot of people, they get, stuck, they get stuck with what they're, uh, the, the, the things that are freed from. It is true that Christ has freed you from certain things. But we need to graduate from the cross all the way to the resurrection so that we can also live the things that we are freed to. We are freed from, but we are freed to. You will always be looking back in your past of the things you, do, you know, that you used to do if you just think about, you know, I've, you know, God set me free from here and whatever. But we need to live life and live life free to do what? You're free. You have been freed from poverty. Is that true? You have been freed uh, from sickness and disease because Jesus paid for it with the stripes, Right? Poverty and sickness tend to put you in bondage, right? It, it restricts you. 
and uh, uh, um, unrenewed mind, you know, things in our minds, they, they tend to uh, uh, limit the things that we can do. But God, on the other side, you are now free to what? You're free to be prosperous. You're free to give. You're free to be generous. You're free to love on people. Say, hey, you know, brother, you're free to do that. You're also free to be healthy. You're also free to have a you know, peaceful mind, uh, the right mind, having the mind of Christ. What is that? I pray, we, we preached on this a couple of weeks back or a, a couple of months back. My, my, my prayer is that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. You have been freed from and now you are freed to enjoy the things that He paid for and enjoy the life that you know, the resurrection power gives us. Now, there's this uh, poem I want to read out. It's just the last part of it because it brings out what I'm trying to say. There's this poem. It's entitled Greatest Fear. I don't know if you've heard it. It was uh, in a movie once. But the last part would say this. Listen. As we, are, as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. What does that mean? Didn't Jesus say, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. You are the salt of the earth. Be the God flavors. You are God's fragrance to people. So he's saying that if you allow yourself, if you understand that you've been freed from, you are free to display His goodness to other people. This is what we have now in Christ. Um, I'll share this thought with you. Pastor Mitch and I were just you know, speaking. You know, part of meditation is having a conversation with one another, thinking about the things of God, the oracles of God. And she raised a really good point. She was talking about the, being in the Garden of Eden. Remember what happened in garden, the Garden of Eden? This, this struggle for freedom, for man to feel independent, autonomous, making decisions for himself, goes all the way back from the beginning. And even in the beginning... God has given them so much freedom. I want, you to, I want you to spread out. I want you to expand. I want you to fill the earth. That's a mighty call. That's almost unlimited. Whatever you need, it's already here. Just, you know, have a blast. But suddenly, it's not true, true freedom without restraint. There's one restraint. There's one set of boundaries. He said, God said, just don't eat from this tree or the fruit of knowledge and good and evil. Isn't that the boundary that God said? Just don't do it. This is the restraint. You have vast amount of freedom within this restraint. Don't do this. But what happened? Somehow, man took upon himself, took the matters in his own hands and said, wait a minute, I think I'd rather partake of this knowledge of good and evil and make decision for myself what is good and bad. In other words, that's, that's what he did. 
I want to know for myself. I want to be like God. That was the temptation. That's what happened in the garden. Man, in a sense, wanted to be independent from God. And that brought to his fall. That led to his fall. So, so now, forward, a couple of thousands of years, in another garden, the second Adam, in tears, in sweat, in blood, speaking to God. In a few moments, he will experience a horrific death that no one has or will ever endure. And at that point, he was saying, let this cup pass from me. But then later on, this Jesus, God, Savior, Creator, He was the one who made all of these things possible in the whole universe. Limited Himself within the human constraints of and human frailty. And then even lowered Himself and allowed Himself to be caught, to be bruised, laughed at, judged crucified. He lowered himself to that level with all the freedom. Did he lose the freedom then? No. He said, no. If I wanted to, I could call 12 legions of angels. He still had the power at that very moment. But what did he do with his freedom? He surrendered it. And he said, Lord, let thy will be done. So Adam and Eve took it upon their, you know, took the matters in their own hands, but Jesus surrendered it back into the Father's hand. That is what happened on the cross. The best thing you can do with your freedom to demonstrate your appreciation and love for Him and gratitude for Him is to surrender it back to Him and say, Lord, this gift is from You. What do You want me to do with it? And He would say, love one another. Hallelujah. Close your eyes and bow your heads. with the authority of the anointing that's here I you know I set certain people free from bondages bondages of addiction I cast that out that's not anymore you you don't have to dabble in that don't allow the enemy to lie to you and says and say that this is still you no you're not you anymore I I cut you off from from I and set you free from relationships that, that's just manipulating you, that's controlling you, that's hindering you from growing. By this time, you ought to be eating meat, but somehow you're still with milk because of certain relationships. I cut that off in the Spirit right now, and I pray that they, He gives you the grace to sever that relationship. I pray for the grace to release bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. These things are weights. They're holding you back. I cut you off from that. I set free the people here who have been bound physically by symptoms, sickness, disease. I set you free from that in Jesus' mighty name. May it manifest even there. You're seated there. For those who have been in lack for so long, who have been in debt for so long, who have been in poverty for so long, maybe not physically, but mentally, I cut you off from that and set you free so that you can truly enjoy what prosperity means.
Lord, I thank you. If one of you was in that category, just raise your hand. One of you was in that category, raise your hand. Anybody, everybody here. If that was you, one, one of them, just raise your hand. You know, uh, those who want to be prosperous, those who want to be healed, those who are in relationship, that's it. Father, they're just acknowledging what they've already received when I declared it. I say, so be it in their lives in Jesus' name. But uh, Put your hands down. There are people here that you've never gotten to a point consciously, you know, you've determined to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. As far as you're concerned, in all your memory, you've never gotten to a point where you say, Lord, I surrender my life. I'm, I'm giving up control of my life and I submit to your Lordship. For some people, you've been trying to earn this right. You've been trying to earn forgiveness. This will not do. What Christ has done is fully by grace. He died for you even before you realize there's a need. So you're already forgiven. So I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to count to three and I want you to raise your hand up in the air if you want to surrender your life today to Jesus Christ. One, Jesus loves you. He died for you. Two, He was the one on the cross and said, forgive them for they know not what they do. You're already forgiven. Number three, go ahead and raise that hand if you want Jesus to be your Lord today. If you're surrendering your life today, can, can you lift it up higher? I want to see. If that's you, you're surrendering your life to Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand. There you go. I see some people here also maybe on the fourth floor. For those of you who are surrendering your life today, I want you to pray this prayer from your heart. I want you to pray it so that you can even hear yourself praying. And uh, you can bring your hands down now. I want you to pray right now. And I'm going to ask everyone else to pray along with you. Say this with me. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Starting today, I declare you Lord and Savior of my life. I believe you died for me. You were buried, but you rose again. You are alive today so that I can live free in you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com.